Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Have you ever wanted to create your own handicapping dream team? You can build your own superstar handicapping lineup using our Pick Your Team program at both WagerTalk and SportsMemo.com. Even more exciting, until Monday, September 12th at midnight, you can save 10% off Pick Your Team using coupon code PYT10 when checking out. Dave Koken, Marco D'Angelo, and Ralph Michaels? JM Sports, Joseph D'Amico, and The Rocket Man? The combinations are endless as you can choose up to five handicappers. You start saving once you choose any two handicappers of your choice, and you can pay as little as under $6 per handicapper. Who will make up your dream lineup? Go to Waiter Talk or Sports Memo, click Pick Your Team, and personally hand-select your handicapping roster. Don't forget that coupon code PYT will expire on September 12th, so get your 10% discount and put together your personalized dream team today. Welcome in to the best damn college football show out there. I am Drew Martin, joined by Robbie Vito and Ralph Michaels of wagertalk.com. Two of my favorites in the business. Some of the smartest betting minds right here. Starting off in the top right, Ralph Michaels. Pen ready to rock. Ralph, how you feeling, man, coming into week two? Doing great. You know, it's overreaction. It's overreaction week. Uh, thinking too much about teams that lost as favorites, thinking about too much teams that won as dogs. This is where all the work you put into the summer pays off. Don't overreact to those week one results, guys. Keep solid with your numbers. If you've seen the team two or three times and you misjudged them, that's one thing. But don't tweak your power rating numbers too much after one week. Ralph Michaels, we got three games on the slate. We got philosophies for betting as well in college football. Guy that knows a lot about it, Rob Vino, wagertalk.com. Robbie, happy week two to you, buddy. Happy Wednesday to both of you guys. As I mentioned every week when we start this show, one of my favorite segments of the week, love being here with you guys. 
Um, no, your passion for college football is every bit as uh, strong as mine. And real quick, just to piggyback on what Ralph said, where week two is concerned, um, there's going to be a zillion situations here where you have to decipher um, whether a team played vanilla in week one or whether they let it all hang out in week one. So there's no blanket statement to that. Plenty of teams looked past week one. Um, so the results might not be what you would have expected from them. Plenty of teams played all out week one and you see their true colors. So again, there's a lot to go through here. Like Ralph said, summer work pays off, spring summer work pays off. And uh, we'll see if we can't get to giving out some winning information here. Absolutely, Robbie. We're talking three games, Alabama, Texas, Kentucky, Florida, Arizona State, Oklahoma State. Also some philosophies. Actually, Ralph, I was at, uh, on a show today, uh, FanDuel show with Ed Fang and Jim Sanis, and they asked me something about coming into week two. And look, I, I, I agree with you. You know, overreaction is, is something that happens. But something I said out there, and I truly believe this coming into this year, the transfer portal has changed things in terms of you got to be ready to change your power ratings, at least in my opinion, man, uh, because a lot can change and teams can get a lot better, a lot worse. Teams can go a lot more up-tempo, slow it down a lot more than I feel like five, seven years ago. Do you have do you have that same feeling or no? You're trying to stay really strong to what you thought, you know, preseason. Well, truly, returning numbers is basically maybe only 50% of how you're going to start a, a power rating because of the transfer portals. And the transfer portal is one thing, but the number of starting quarterbacks that transferred is just incredible. Seeing all these quarterbacks playing for opposite teams, including USC, including Arizona State. You know, you saw a Florida quarterback move as well. So uh, it's, you, are, you are making adjustments on a fly. You are adjusting with who's playing. Now, it used to be where transfers weren't that important. You had one or two. Could they be cohesive? But we're seeing complete overturns. There are some teams that signed 18-plus transfers. Arizona State, a team we're going to talk about shortly, had 17, 17 players transfer out last year. Nevada, another team. I had Nevada way down. They happened to start off this season 2-0. and They're still a team I'm looking to fade after they had 12 transfers transfer out that started over 100 games for them last year. Yeah, some crazy stats out there, guys. So a lot to watch. We'll try to help you kind of navigate through these minefields. And Ralph, first game up here, Alabama and Texas, 12 noon Eastern start. Two big programs. Um, however, you know, on the field, we're seeing near a three touchdown spread, 65 and a half being the total in Austin. Um, I've heard that the Alabama band isn't making the trip. Uh, they didn't want to sit in the upper deck. I don't know why that matters. That kind of caught my attention, though. Um, interested in your opinion here, though. Uh, Alabama minus 20, 65 and a half the total in Austin, Ralph. Uh, okay, rule number one, do not bet against Nick Saban early in the year. Rule number two, do not bet against Nick Saban earlier in the year. Rule number three, do not bet against Nick Saban earlier in the year. When I looked at Alabama going all the way back in Nick Saban's tenure, in the first five games of the season, their non-conference games and maybe their opener in the SEC, they are 26-6 and six against the spread, folks. That is 81.2%. This defense is by far the best in the country. They have the best defensive player. They likely have the best quarterback. 
they showed nothing on tape and they still held Utah State to 136 yards. On the flip side, the Texas Longhorns, yeah, they won 52 to 10, but it was not pretty. You have a brand new freshman quarterback in Cam Ewers, and yes, he was the number one quarterback out of high school, and yes, he he redshirted at Ohio State for a season. Yeah, and yes, he won the job here. But when you can only rush for 130-some yards and 4.6 yards per carry against ULM, when ULM can sack you three times at home in an opener, there's no way I want part of you. So to me, it's Alabama or pass. And, okay, Alabama might have a little more motivation uh, that the band's not going to be there, but I'll tell you what. If Nick Saban can make a statement that says, hey, Texas, you're going to be joining the SEC in a few years, this is your first SEC game. We're not going to be afraid to pound you into the ground. <laughs> yeah. And, Ralph, what was that set? 26-6, and 82% ATS? Yeah, when, when the line is 22.5 or under in the first five games of the season. Like it. Uh, Robbie, what are you thinking in Austin Saturday? I'm thinking that Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Brass can try everything they want to try, including telling the Alabama band they have to sit in the upper deck. It probably won't help on the field. Rule number four, don't bet against Nick Saban early in the season. I'll just extend on what Ralph said here. Let's look at what happened last week. I mean, Alabama scored on their first nine possessions against Utah State, 55 points on nine possessions. Um, five TD drives of 60-plus yards, so it's not like they were getting fumble recoveries at the 18 and punching it in. They did get 20 points on drives between 34 and 44 yards, but it was a blitzkrieg from the get-go by Alabama on both sides of the ball. And if I just turn real quick, Drew, and look at what they did to that Utah State up-tempo spread offense, the defense faced 12 Utah State I'll call them true possessions because there was one first-half kneel down for Utah State, right? So they faced 12 possessions. They allowed one drive over 25 yards. End of story. I mean, they could not move the ball whatsoever. Even at the end of the game, they couldn't move the football. Um, I think they did have their longest drive in the fourth quarter. was 39 yards. For Texas, 14 of their 52 did come off defense and special teams. They blocked the punt immediately, ran it back 12 yards at a 69-yard interception return to go along with what was a fairly impressive debut out of Quinn Ewers. But again, like um, UL Monroe's head coach um, said, Terry Bowden, you know, they were the better team today. They'll be the better team tomorrow. We have a lot of work to do. You're beating UL Monroe. It's not that big of a deal. I think for me, the handicap is real simple here. Um, it still comes down to block, tackle, cover guys, and how much depth do you have. Uh, the early start time here, 11 a.m. Central, I'm sure. Uh, it's part of it to do with TV, but certainly Texas would rather try and get Alabama before they're awake. I'm, I'm not going to worry about that where Nick Saban's earned. He'll have his team ready. But if you look at the line of scrimmage here, I just can't see Texas running the football. You know, Nick Saban, he's like the Bill Belichick of college football. He's going to take away your best asset, which means Bijan Robinson running the football for Texas will be a center of focus. And then you're looking at Quinn Ewers in his second start in college trying to navigate the way against that Alabama defense. 
I don't know that Texas's OL holds up pass blocking against the pass rush. Um, I don't know that Ewers' decision-making holds up. I think there's a whole host of problems for Texas in this game. Does Steve Sarkeesian know the Alabama way? He does. Does he know what the thought process is on the sidelines? He does. He was there just a couple of years back. But I don't think it matters here. I, I really don't. I think Alabama's light years ahead of Texas right now. Um, Ralph talked about welcoming or, or sending a message to Texas who's going to join the SEC. It's maybe even more of Nick Saban just sending a message to Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> I'm still better than you. So I think Alabama, the line movement's probably correct. 18 up to 20. I made the game Alabama minus 18 on this field. Um, so I thought the opener was right. But I still think that Alabama wins the game by three touchdowns plus. It could get out of hand. Alabama versus uh, former assistants, guys. He did lose to two former assistants last year, Jimbo Fisher and uh, Kirby Smart there. But I don't know, maybe a little bit different. Uh, Jimmy's and Joe's on the field for those for those two teams last year. So see if uh, anything comes to fruition this upcoming year. Robbie, talk about a, a real SEC game, at least uh, for this season. Kentucky and Florida up next. We're seeing the Gators minus five in the hook, 52 and a half being the total. Seven o'clock prime time, Saturday night in the swamp. Back to back here, Robbie. You liking anything with the Wildcats and Gators Saturday night? Well, I think this game right here, Drew, speaks volumes to the way Ralph led off the show talking about overreaction week two. All we've heard about since this game went final is Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson. I heard one um, one person even say that he's likely to be the number one pick in the draft off of <laughs> you know his first start here in 2022. So I'll say this. I'm not thrilled with Florida's defense. Utah had the ball four times in the second half last week. On those four drives, they gained 302 yards. The two times they didn't score, they scored two touchdowns, 89-yard drive, 73-yard drive. The two times they didn't score, they turned it over on downs on the Florida one-yard line, fourth and goal. They didn't get in. And then, of course, the final drive where um, Cam Rising led the team down the field trying to win the game, goes 69 yards in 58 seconds all the way to the floor to six. Got a field goal in their pocket for sure to tie the game, but I understand you want to win at that point. There was an interception in the end zone. Um, if Florida escaped narrowly, this was not some big, you know, Anthony Richardson dominated you. The Florida defense was lousy in the second half, and I draw a lot of comparisons between Kentucky and Utah in the fact that they're both run-first teams. They want to work uh, the pass off of the run. They both have dual-threat quarterbacks. I mean, Cam Rising, Will Levis, both. Uh, we saw Rising give Florida trouble last week. We think Levis could give him trouble this week. And they both have defensive-minded veteran head coaches. Kyle Whittingham had six months to get ready. I'm sure Mark Stoops. And, in fact, the Kentucky offensive coordinator, uh, Rich Gangarello, said – that Kentucky played a little close to the best last week. They held back. I'm sure they were game planning for Florida last week. It's a divisional matchup. It's a huge, huge football game on the road. Um, so they're very, very similar in that regard. The fact that Utah was ranked seventh by a bunch of pollsters, um, you know, we don't, we don't follow that stuff. I think Kentucky and Utah, 
pretty similar teams here. There's a big decision that Kentucky's awaiting on running back Chris Rodriguez. Um, Cavassier Smoke got the carries last week. Obviously, he's a veteran running back, but Rodriguez would mean wonders to the U.K. offense. Um, and from what I read a couple of hours ago, it's an NCAA decision on whether he plays or not this week. So that could be important. They're one of their top linebackers, Jordan Wright, in the same boat as Rodriguez. We'll see how that goes. you got to keep your eye on that um, for the rest of the week. I think what surprised me the most about UK last week was their receiving core. Um, I thought without Wandale Robinson, who's off to the NFL now and statistically dominated the receptions and targets for the Wildcats last year, I thought they might be down a little bit. But boy, Levis threw for 303 and they shared it around a little bit. I know Robinson had the majority of the yards, um, but I think that this receiving core, I probably underrated them. And after what I saw last week with Florida, I think this Kentucky offense can move the football. Give me five and a half points here in a game that's um, this important. And Kentucky's 4-0-1 against the spread against Florida last five meetings. I think Kentucky plus points the way to go here, Drew. Nice stat there. 4-0-1 the last five ATS for Kentucky. And of course, Ralph, that comes after a long run of the Gators kind of owning this season. So, uh, hey, it's a... Sentiment to to what Stoops has it been able to do here in Lexington? Not only a basketball school anymore, they're pretty good on the gridiron. What are you liking here, Wildcats and Gators, Saturday night, Ralph? Well, I would like Kentucky, but I can't play them. Uh, you know, uh, Rob mentioned at the beginning of the segment, there were some teams that had to play their hearts out. There were some teams that wanted to show nothing. This is the epitome of that statement. Florida had to play their heart out against Utah, gets the three-point win. Uh, Rob, Rob talked about what the OC said. His quote was, I wanted to be smart about what we put on tape. You can look at the Kentucky and say, oh, my God, they only ran for 50 yards, 1.9 yards per carry at home against Miami of Ohio. How the hell can they go to Florida on the road against an SEC team and do well? Well, as he said, I don't know why this is an NDNCA decision. For those that don't know, Rodriguez got suspended. Uh, he had a DUI in May. And then there were some other things where he might have falsified a time card on an on a in-school job. So losing, losing an offensive captain is important. But also losing, losing Jordan Wright, a defensive captain, is important. And there's no word whether he's going to play. So when you have two captains, one on each side, that may not be there for a road game on Florida, on an SEC road game in your opener, I can't back the team. If those two guys are playing, I do like Kentucky. One other concern, yes, 50 yards rushing and 1.9 yards against Miami of Ohio, but uh, McLean, who was the number two, number two running back in the second quarter, he got hurt. He's questionable. Ramon Jefferson, a number three running back, he got hurt. He's questionable. You may be down to one running back in your top four running back room. That is, again, that is a team I cannot back. I'll wait to see what happens. Like Kentucky, the question marks has me off the game. If we get some more information prior to that, uh, I, I may be looking to be on the Wildcats. But if, if there's no new info, uh, pass, pass for me. And there's times, guys, don't force a play if you don't know who's going to be playing the game. And this may be one of those situations. Like it. Great points there, Ralph. Uh, good stuff. I mean, a lot going on here with the Kentucky side of things in, in terms of who's playing, who's not playing. Likely one of those games 
you know, we see a lot of line movement right before it kind of kicks off when the guys are out there, you know, with uniforms on kind of stretching and uh, uh, who, who's kind of uniformed up and who isn't type of type of deal. So watch that on the wager talk live odds screen, best free live odds in the business. We got one game left here, guys, breaking it down, heading a little bit more out west, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Ralph, we get Arizona State here, the Sun Devils, on the road against Oklahoma State, minus 11. That's the Cowboys at home. Total of 58 here. Shortly thereafter, in the swamp, this one kicks off in Stillwater. And, uh, you know, something I took away from watching LSU, quarterback transfer Jalen Daniels, of course, going from Arizona State to Louisiana. I don't think he looked all that good. And a lot of people down on Arizona State. Could this kind of be an under the radar? Maybe look to back him here? What are your thoughts uh, Saturday night? Well, as I said, Arizona State lost 17 players to a transfer. I mean, this is a quarterback. This is a head coach in Herm Edwards who was in his who was in his fourth season. So why the exodus? Obviously, there's some issues there. It's not really talked about. I have not read an article on on what happened there. But, you know, that's a huge turnover in your game. They, of course, have Emory Jones now leading them the Florida transfer, who, who was 13 of 18 for 152 yards. Again, Arizona State, we don't know what you get. They did what they were supposed to do. They beat Northern Arizona 40 to three. They had a 299 yard edge. Valerie rushes for 116 yards, 7.7 yards per carry. What we do know from the Oklahoma State side is this. Boy, they look like they're gonna be an over team. I mean, Spencer Sanders looks like he's completely in gear a running quarterback who ran the ball 11 times, who passed for 68% completions. Richardson ran the ball well when he was asked for. Johnson stepped up receiving, as did Presley, against a decent Central Michigan team. I mean, you know, I'm not saying Central Michigan is a quality Power 5 team, but there's certainly more competition than Arizona game. 58-44 does concern me. When Oklahoma State gets up 546 yards to Central Michigan, that concerns me. But this is a game where you have to look at the two halves. Oklahoma State clearly was in a letdown in the second half. They were up 44 to 15. So that doesn't concern me quite as much. But I am going to go with the over in this game. You look at Oklahoma State's back seven. Their defensive line is experienced. Their back seven has one returning starter. That's your three linebackers and four DBs. You have one returning starter back there. So when Central Michigan can complete 36 passes for 424 yards, that does concern me. Emory Jones, yeah, he can still sling that ball around. We'll see what happens this week. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to stop many people. I think this number should be 63-64. So to get it at 58, it's certainly something I'm going to look at. It has a chance to make my play. I will say this. Herm Edwards is 7-2 and two APS as an away dog as the Sun Devils head coach. Like the stats there, Ralph. I mean, Robbie, uh, Ralph makes a lot of good points in terms of Oklahoma State. I have circled as an over team as well. I guess you could make the argument, you know, Herm Edwards uh, – uh, veteran head coach. He's going to look to slow it down, knowing what Gundy wants to do offensively. But I, I don't know. I, I still ha- factoring that in. I still agree with Ralph. I, I'm looking over here. You liking anything in Stillwater? Yeah, I mean it, the change in offense is drastic, right? Last year, um, probably the least productive offense Oklahoma State has had during Gundy's 17 previous years. 
And this year they open up right away, Drew. Just to give you an idea of how fast the tempo was for Oklahoma State last week, they ran 73 plays in 23 minutes and 52 seconds. That's one play every 14.3 seconds. Spencer Sanders looked great in that element. Um, Granted, you know, you're playing an overwhelmed opponent, Central Michigan, but still, I don't know that Arizona State has the defensive line depth to cope with this. I mean, you're going to be chasing all day long, and you need two sets of really good defensive linemen. I'm just not sure ASU has that. Um, Another quick point here. Last week in that game, Oklahoma State, Central Michigan, there were 32 total possessions. When you're going to bet over, there's nothing more valuable than possessions, opportunities to score. 32, 16 for both sides last week. In the Utah-Florida game, there were 17 total. So one team, pick your choice, Central Michigan or Oklahoma State, almost had as many possessions themselves as there were in the entire Utah-Florida game last week. So certainly Oklahoma State going fast. Seven touchdown drives last week in under one minute and 55 seconds. Seven in under 155 Going really quick. The eighth touchdown they scored was from uh, was took three minutes and nine seconds. Only two of those touchdowns came from outside the red zone, so it wasn't like they chucked up eighty yard passes that were scores. They just right down the field as fast as they could go. Play calling was pretty balanced. Forty four percent to the run, fifty six percent to the pass. Arizona State, which showed nothing last week, they didn't have to show anything because they played Northern Arizona, uh, but they were very run heavy. 49 rushes, 18 pass attempts. Herm ran the ball 73% of the time. You can try to do that all you want, Drew. And you can try to control time of possession all you want. But when the other team scores in a minute 55, you got to get back on the horse and match that. So at some point in time, if Oklahoma State gets ahead here and Arizona State has to chase with Emory Jones, ex-Florida QB, dual threat quarterback right with him, um, They could probably score to the point about Central Michigan scoring late in the game being a defensive concern. Got a couple of people that I know that are close to that program. A couple of things here. A, Oklahoma State feels like they are going to give up more points this year because of the turn in offensive style. It makes sense. We say it every year. When you go really fast on offense, it affects your defense. Um, But they only allowed three scores on the first 12 possessions last week before Mike Gundy unloaded the bench. So a lot of the Central Michigan stuff wasn't really scored against first team Oklahoma State. It was scored against, you know, some evaluation time for head coach Gundy. That being said, I still like over in this game. I think Oklahoma State um, probably catches Arizona State by surprise. You know, tempo is something that you can practice against all you want until you see it at game speed. And then when you see it, a lot of adjustments to be made. I don't know if ASU will be able to to adjust quick enough. On the other side, real quick, I want to make this point about brand-new offensive coordinator Glenn Thomas for Arizona State. He's got a lot of NFL background, and a couple of quotes from him during the summer suggested that they will play at every tempo. They'll play extreme, they'll play up, they'll play average, they'll play slow, they'll play anything. And they've got the capability to play anything. So, you know, the thought that Arizona State's going to grind this down to a 9 or 10 possession game, I don't think that's fathomable here. I think that the total push was correct. 
probably get up and over 58 in this game. One last thing, Arizona State's defense last week had zero sacks against Northern Arizona. 30 pass attempts, not one sack. Doesn't bode well for a defensive line that might get tired in this game. Yeah, it bodes well for the over as well. And we had some uh, – well, first off, we got some guys in the chat box. Irish John, welcome in. We remember you in uh, Las Vegas, man. You had a good time. And speaking of that, um, we had some inside information there with Antonio talking about the Arizona State – uh, kind of situation and everybody leaving and sometimes in college football you know you don't want to be there like, hit the road you know it's sometimes a bad apple leaving the locker room isn't always a bad thing so that's why i had kind of arizona state circled as uh maybe a an underdog look here with herm edwards and that stat that ralph threw out seven and two ats as an away dog run uh huge shout out to the chat box star child uh tom in the house as well raider uh, William, Johnny Outlawed, Irish John, good to see you. Jessica in the house as well. Leg Show Magazine, everybody throwing in. Uh, they're liking the show, guys. And, of course, this is the best damn college football show out there. Wednesdays, 3 o'clock Eastern, 12 noon Pacific. It started in the midst of the pandemic. Rob Vino, Ralph Michaels, and myself, Drew Martin, you guys loved it. So we kept it going. We appreciate you, and we appreciate you joining us live. If you're watching on replay, that is cool, too. Feel free to fire uh, any questions below in the reply section. We do have time usually to answer them on the show. So, uh, yeah, it's more than welcome. Let us know what you're looking to bet. Any questions, any comments, all is welcome in the reply section and in the live chat box. So, Ralph, Hey, man, I see you had a 5% play up here, 35 and 12, 74.5% run. So you've been nailing these 5%. I know you're good uh, college football, MLB, man. Um, guys, check them out, wagertalk.com, Ralph Michaels. Ralph, um, did you have, like, uh, any final comments here for the show? Any play you kind of like more than others? And uh, any final thoughts before we shut it down? Uh, you know, I want to – I'm going to give out one of my client releases, Drew, and I'm going to give out a couple trends or or systems that I gave out on Bet on It today because um, it's rare where strong situations happen on the same game on opposite teams and they're not correlated. So I'm going to look at two teams that were group of five teams that played power five opponents and are in different situations. Old Dominion, of course, got to host Virginia Tech. That's as big a game as you get when you are in Norfolk, Virginia, playing a big brother. What happened? They win that game 20-17. to 17. But they were plus three turnovers, so they did not deserve to win, but they did win the turnover battle. When a team gets outgained by 120 more yards, Old Dominion, uh, like Old Dominion was, and now they are an away dog. So you were at home, you got outgained, you had the turnover edge, you beat your in-state rival. Those teams are 17 and 38, Drew. That's 31%. That's a 69% fade on Old Dominion this week. When I look on the East Carolina side, originally I thought East Carolina played an incredible game against NC State, missed the extra point, missed the field goal. They lose to their big brother, now what happens? I thought there might be a letdown, but when I looked at teams early in the year, games one through four, that lost at home by three points or less. So you're early in the season, likely playing a non-conference foe. You lose at home by one, two, or three points, like East Carolina did. 
those teams have actually recovered to cover 68% of the time, going 83 and 39. We have 120 game sample size at 68 plus percent, a very strong play. That fits East Carolina, Southern Miss, UTSA, Appalachian State, and Boston College. With the fade on Old Dominion, with the 68% situation on East Carolina, a team that needs a feel-good win against a team that may be overrated because of an upset over Virginia Tech, I am going to be a, a win over Virginia Tech, I should say. I am going to be on East Carolina minus the 12 and a half. I already released that to my clients. It is an actual uh, all-access play for me. Pays to listen, guys. That's Ralph Michaels, client play here on the show. He's also got his 5% play up and available, wagertalk.com. Ralph has been great with his 5% plays. Guys, for uh, my most confident play here of the show, best bet section, Starchild in the chat box saying, Drew, you need to take the Tide minus 20. Well, appreciate you commenting here, Starchild. I'm going to take your advice. And even more so, I'm going to take Ralph Michaels' stats that he threw out here at Cal Sports LV on Twitter. Guys, if you're not following him, you need to. He gives out gold in terms of uh, trends, angles. 26-6, and 6, 82% ATS in the first five games of the season with a line 22.5 or less. That is Saban. Um, and that qualifies here, Alabama at Texas. We've seen Alabama absolutely roll when they play outside of the SEC. Um, I guess the band not not making the trip. First off, that, that's just something I heard. I'm not 100% that that's, that that's not going to happen. And it kind of does maybe affect it a little bit. You know, something you notice in college football is the band actually is part of the atmosphere. It's pretty cool. Um, I went to the FAU Charlotte game, and I noticed Charlotte didn't bring their band to Boca Raton, and I kind of almost felt bad for them because there it, it was just kind of them. There wasn't a whole lot going on, and I, I I worry about that to some extent. But the Alabama faithful will will uh, travel, I'm sure, to Austin, and even more so, guys. It happens. It, it matters what happens on the field, and Alabama's got the better players, and in my opinion, at least at this standpoint the better coach i think they run it up they win by more than three touchdowns i will lay the points so thanks for that uh comment star child and uh, i'll take your advice here so alabama minus the points for me and robbie vino throw it over to you buddy uh you know your college football it shows on the show man uh what do you got going at wagertalk.com and any kind of final thoughts here and best bets for the show yeah a couple of things real quick at wagertalk.com drew you can still get in on i had one NFL season over under win total. It was a 5% play. It's been up for quite a while now, but it's still available. The NFL is not kicked off yet, so you can get that. I also have a 4% best bet for college football Saturday up and available. There will be a 5% play as well, likely to go up tonight. And if you like MLB action, a couple of best bets up there right now at wagertalk.com. Um, for the best bet, Drew and I've held true to this since the inception of this show, so I'll hold true to it now. I usually like to take one of the three games that we do talk about and use that as a best bet. And I'll go back to what's going to happen in Stillwater, Oklahoma here. Um, I made the comment that um, or the perception that it's very, very difficult to prepare for extreme tempo until you see it on the field and then you make adjustments from there. To that point, I like Oklahoma State first half here. They're minus six and a half points. I think the offense was in extreme rhythm in that game last week against Central Michigan. I don't think Arizona State was pushed whatsoever. 
by the Northern Arizona offense. I don't know that Herm, if he does decide that he wants to, you know, play ground and pound the first two or three series and Oklahoma State stacks the box, it could be 17-21-3 before you blink. Um, that's kind of the way Herm Edwards likes to play it too. So I'm going to lay six and a half in the first half thinking Oklahoma State is seven points better right out of the shoot at home. I think that's a pretty safe one here. I'll use it as the best bet. And real quick, um, just to speak on Herm for a minute here, he's lost a lot of assistant coaches, four assistant coaches the last couple of years. The troubles with him and the max exodus, mass exodus, excuse me, I, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but you know, he, he violated some recruiting stuff during the COVID period. And then there was a real trust issue, a video that Herm Edwards made about trust to his team, which rubbed a lot of players and coaches the wrong way. And thus the scramble for the exits there. I thought Herm Edwards was going to lose his job actually earlier this year, guys. Um, it, it didn't happen. Instead, some defensive staff members left, including their DC and players left. But, um, you know, it, what started out is real good with her. Remember, Drew, when he first got the job and people were down on that hire? How's he going to relate to kids? And it seemed like oh, yeah. he did relate. Now all, of a, now all of a sudden it's going a little bit south. So we'll see how that Arizona State program holds up. Yeah, no, I, I remember that, Robbie. When he first got the job, I think there was some stat out there. It was like, oh, head coaches that are like over the age of 60 and used to coach in the NFL and how they did not have good kind of records in college football, kind of the retread angle. And I remember me and you talking about that in terms of, I was like, nah, that's guys that are just taking a paycheck, you know, using their big name, taking a paycheck as they go off into retirement. It, it depends on the individual and the thought being, you know, when you're an 18, 19 year old kid leaving high school, this is why I looked a bet on him and it was a great bet in Arizona State. You relate the same to a 65 year old guy that you do to a 40 year old guy. There's not like a lot of difference there. That's why I looked a bet on him. And hey, it, it might even be a buy low opportunity. We'll see. Um, I just think Herm, Herm Edwards, you know, you play to win the game. I like rooting for the guy. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens here with the Sun Devils. But uh, Ralph, Ralph Michaels, Robbie Vino, check them both out, wagertalk.com. Guys, we will be back next Wednesday, 3 o'clock Eastern time. Pens up. Thanks for joining us live. Please smash that like button and feel free to reply below. Best of luck with your bets. Ready to take your favorite Wager Talk handicappers wherever you travel this football season? The Wager Talk TV app is now live for phones, tablets, smart TVs, and streaming platforms. Tune into your favorite shows like Wager Talk Today, Bet On It, and The Opening Line Report. Plus, browse through our extensive library of sports betting tips. Create your personal playlist of betting tip videos to help you prepare for the upcoming season, and set notifications to alert you when new content is added. Download the app for Apple, Android, Amazon, and Roku devices by searching for Wager Talk TV, or scan the QR code on your screen to join the winning conversation today.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.